You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. It's so great to be with you all this morning. You all made it through the ice and the snow instead of like 70 degree weather like last week. It's so great to be with you all. Good morning, everyone, on the live stream as well. We're so glad that you could tune in and be a part of our service this morning. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how the kingdom of God is defined by God's rule and reign. When we pray, let your kingdom come, we are praying, let your rule and reign come. Let your goodness and power come on earth as it is in heaven. Jeff's been sharing some big theological ideas with us the past few weeks, like proclamation and demonstration and how the kingdom grows through sharing and showing and how we need both of those things. Jeff even shared this like earth-shattering word with us. This word, it was the word and. That's huge. Like, where'd you come up with that one? (laughs) Amazing, right? But This is a small word with like really big implications. We can expect the kingdom of God now and not yet. There is this both and reality when we talk about the kingdom of God. It's both for today and for the future. Well, where Jeff left off, I'm going to pick up this morning. I'm going to share a message in this series that I've titled The Fullness of the Kingdom. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that we can gather. I thank you that we have a space to gather. And I thank you that you've brought each person here that has come. And I pray that you would bless us, that you would fill us with your presence, God, that you would give us an experience of your love this morning, God, and that you would uh, just be speaking to us. I thank you for your word in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start this morning by looking at the gifts of the Spirit. After the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples as they continued to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom to the world around them. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit and saw signs and wonders take place. When they saw Jesus perform miracles, it was an incredible thing to see. But now the disciples were experiencing the kingdom of God moving through them, which brought this whole new awareness of God's gifts in their lives. As the disciples were experiencing more and more of the kingdom, they were seeing God move in powerful ways, but they didn't always understand what the Holy Spirit was doing. There, there's this place where Paul becomes super helpful. In a few of his letters to the church, he helped explain how the Holy Spirit was at work. And in 1 Corinthians, we see this really, really nice list of all of the gifts. So let's take a look at what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another person. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret 
what is being said. These are amazing. The gifts of the Spirit are miraculous. These gifts can move people and they can draw people into the kingdom of God in powerful ways. I think of Jeff's story from two weeks ago. He was in the streets of Peru on a missions trip and they were praying for the sick. One guy he prayed for was lying on the side of the road, unable to walk. He went over and prayed for him. The man miraculously got up and he started running around praising God because he had been healed. This changed everyone involved. It changed the man. It changed Jeff. It changed everyone who was watching. The kingdom of God, God's rule and reign on earth was clearly present in that moment. The gift of healing was poured out and a miracle happened. And how do you, how do you not change from an experience like that? That's what Paul was writing about with the gifts of the Spirit. But it is not the only way to experience or encounter God. Many people have experienced God in a lot of other ways. Let me tell you about one of my spiritual heroes, someone whose life wasn't marked so much by the gifts of the Spirit, like in 1 Corinthians, but something else. An Albanian woman who felt called to be a missionary at the age of 12, she spent her life serving the poor. At the age of 18, she traveled to India and dedicated her life to bringing dignity to the most overlooked and overlooked people in the world. She would take people in who were dying on the streets. She would bathe them, place them in clean clothing, and she would sit by their side, just simply sharing the love of Jesus with them as they passed away. Her name was Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa is known all over the world for the impact that she had on those living in the slums of Calcutta, India. Her acts of kindness have inspired and impacted so many people. She's one of those people that is a true hero of the faith. But her life wasn't categorized by signs and wonders. She wasn't known for prophecy or healing or deliverance ministry. She wasn't known for praying in tongues or really any of the gifts of the Spirit. Her life was marked by caring for the poor, feeding the hungry, and by her love for mankind. Here's a quote from her that somewhat represents the rules that she chose to live by. These are a few of the ways that we can practice humility. To speak as little as possible of oneself. To mind one's own business. Not to want to manage other people's affairs. To avoid, avoid curiosity. To accept contradictions and corrections cheerfully. To pass over the mistakes of others. To accept insults and injuries. To accept being slighted, forgotten, and disliked. To be kind and gentle, even under provocation never to stand on one's dignity, to choose always the hardest. Mother Teresa's life was marked by humbly serving the poor. And yes, Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit in that list I shared earlier, but it, it wasn't the only list that he wrote about. He also talked about another outcome in life in the Spirit or life in the kingdom. This list is found in Galatians 5. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And if you can't tell, Mother Teresa's life was marked by the fruit of the Spirit. Let's take a look at Galatians um, 5, 22 and 23. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The gifts of the Spirit are powerful. But this list, the, the fruit of the Spirit, will change the world just as much as any gift. And when you combine both of these together, these lists, in, if they're in one person or in one community, you're experiencing the fullness of the kingdom. And I think we can easily overlook the fruit of the Spirit and only focus in on the gifts. The fruit tend to be this internal, more of a process, a journey, um, and less in your face compared to like a healing or a prophetic word, which tends to be more outward, a bit more dramatic or direct. And if we're not careful, based on what modern culture tells us or based on what charismatic movements tend to focus on, we might be tempted to only express the kingdom through signs and wonders. But signs and wonders alone fall incredibly short of the kingdom that God has for each and every one of us. The history of the, of the vineyard movement is filled with stories of signs and wonders taking place. The, of the kingdom of God being proclaimed and demonstrated in just incredible, profound ways. I think of people praying for the sick, for eyes being opened, for people to being transformed physically, spiritually, emotionally. Miracles, they were taking place one after another after another. They're still happening. And it is incredible to hear about and read about all of the stories that have taken place throughout the years. Have you ever gone to a church where incredible miracles were happening? Maybe people were sharing a lot of prophetic words or people were being healed, lives were being restored. In those moments, it is really easy to see the kingdom of God at work. Maybe you found yourself at a conference and someone prayed for you and they shared something that completely changed your life and you have decided, I need to get back to that spot because I want to experience that again that is, I experienced the kingdom of God so tangibly and so personally in that moment. I want that. There are times during worship where I'm just so moved by the power of God and his presence is so near. In those moments, I have a glimpse of the kingdom of God at work in my life. It's so incredible to see these things take place and to experience God in such profound ways. Jeff's story of him seeing a man's leg healed can bring you to your knees in worship, knowing that the God that we worship is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, God moves and is still moving in these ways. And we can experience these things and they can completely change our lives, but I'm here to add a little bit of a counterbalance for us this morning, a little counterweight to the expression of the kingdom. Not just signs and wonders, but also fruit. The expression of the kingdom of God is bigger than signs and wonders. Fruit is a vital expression of the kingdom of God. Think about what Mother Teresa's life, what her ministry would look like if she didn't have the fruit of the Spirit in her life. If she didn't have joy, peace. I'm pretty positive we wouldn't have heard of her, nor would she have done the work that she did. Imagine if you had gifts with no fruit. I bet all, thing, all kinds of things could start to creep in, like pride or arrogance. I bet without love or patience or self-control, it would be hard to walk in the gifts of the Spirit in a way that honors God and actually like uplifts people. 
Right after Paul wrote out that list of the gifts of the Spirit, he even said, if you have all the faith in the world, but you do not have love, you sound like a clanging cymbal. Even Paul would say, to have the gifts without fruit is pointless. Again, it's not this either-or reality. It's a both-and. Tim Keller, a theologian and pastor, says it like this. Spiritual gifts without spiritual fruit is like a tire slowly losing air. The spiritual gifts are not full without spiritual fruit. And we live in a culture that, that always elevates power and extravagance. And if we're not careful, the gifts of the Spirit will start to diminish the fruit of the Spirit. But as Christians, we are called to hold this tension of the fullness, not just one side over the other. Unfortunately, it's even bled into the church, and we have magnified the gifts over the fruit so often that many of us have begun to wonder if our fruit even counts. Maybe you've wondered how your love compares to prophecy or how self-control might work with healing. Maybe you've wondered if your faithfulness counts for anything when others seem to be so gifted at praying for healing and praying for the sick. But I'm here to remind you this morning of this important truth. As you grow fruit, you grow the kingdom. I'm going to read from Galatians 5 again, and we're going to put all of the fruit up on the screen behind me. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, look at the screen. Let's see. Can we get the fruit up? Perfect. There's the fruit. Take a look at the screen. And I want to try a little exercise together. And now, don't worry about it. I'm not going to make you say anything out loud. I'm not going to like have you like, this is what's going on for me. Um, but I do want you to engage with the words on the screen behind me. Look at the fruit of the Spirit and try to zero in on one of them. Ask God to highlight one for you. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's faithfulness or self-control. And as you focus on one, say something like this to yourself. When I demonstrate joy, I demonstrate uh, the kingdom of, sorry. <laughs> when I demonstrate joy, I grow the kingdom. When I demonstrate faithfulness, I grow the kingdom. Sit and just look at that for a minute and think about that to yourself. I wonder which one it is for you. When I demonstrate gentleness, the kingdom of God is at hand. I grow the kingdom in that. And I know this is a little different doing all this, but it's important. I want to I read through the scripture again because it's really important that we remember that as we grow fruit, we grow the kingdom. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's easy for people to say, when I pray for the sick, I grow the kingdom. But I want to expand the kingdom for you this morning. I want to expand on the fullness of the kingdom. Think back to Mother Teresa with me. Most of the time, she wasn't operating in the gifts of the Spirit. 
She was so famous around the world that they actually sent historians to study her life, and, their report, and in their reports, there's no prophecy. They don't talk about seeing miracles. They don't talk about how she prayed for the sick and thousands got healed. In fact, most of the people under her care, they actually passed away. They died in her arms or in the arms of her workers. But it was very clear that the kingdom of God was at the center of her ministry, that the kingdom of God was at the center of her heart. Even though they passed away, nobody would ever accuse Mother Teresa of not growing the kingdom. And that's because she grew so much fruit that the kingdom of God was undeniable. Because again, as you grow fruit, you grow the kingdom. As you walk in self-control, you are bringing heaven to earth. As you develop love, joy, peace, and patience, you are bringing heaven to earth. And when you demonstrate kindness or faithfulness or any of the fruits, the people around you experience a taste of heaven. This is the first thing that we have to remember, that as we grow fruit, we grow the kingdom. But just as important as remembering this is as you compare fruit, you quench the kingdom. As you grow fruit, you grow the kingdom. But as you compare fruit, you quench the kingdom. Just after Paul describes the fruit of the Spirit, Paul continues in Galatians 5 with this this little moment of caution so that we don't compare fruit. Look at verses 24 to 26. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Look at verse 26. The moment we get jealous or begin to compare is the moment that we lose sight of the kingdom of God. The gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit can be celebrated together because when we experience these simultaneously, we are experiencing the fullness of the kingdom. If you're following Jesus, he might invite you to pray for the sick, and that would be operating in the gifts. He might invite you to demonstrate patience, and that would be the fruit. He's, he might ask you to offer a word of knowledge, or he might ask you to show self-control and not gossip. All of these things would come from God. We need to be cautious to not compare our fruit with other people's fruit or with their gifts. And the moment that we get caught up in, the compa- in comparison is the moment that we need to pray this prayer again. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I recently saw the comparison trap play out in a movie that I watched with my family. It's this great Disney movie I would recommend to every family. It's the movie Encanto. If you haven't seen it, you should really check it out. It's, it's amazing. Our family's been singing all the songs and acting out different scenes from the movie, probably like once a day at least. And every time, every time I say the word no, I can't help but think about the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. It starts singing, We Don't Talk About Bruno, no, no. Anyone? Got it? Okay. I know some of you have seen it. It's so, it's so relatable and beautiful, and we love it. So anyway, the movie shares the story of the Madrigals, this, an incredible family who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in this place called the Encanto. 
The magic of the Encanto blessed every child in the family with a unique gift, except for Mirabelle. Mirabelle's the main character in the movie, and for our sake for today, she would represent the person that doesn't operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but her family is just the opposite. They operate in the gifts. The only thing is they need someone like Mirabelle so the family and the community can experience the full beauty of the Encanto, or in our case, the fullness of the kingdom. But it was a long journey to get to that point. For most of the movie, Mirabelle struggles with this comparison, wondering how she fits in the family. And she even sang this beautiful song, Waiting for a Miracle. She was so fixed on having the gifts that she didn't realize that her family needed exactly what she had. Things like love, forgiveness, reconciliation, or the ability to unite the family once again. It's a great movie in and of itself, but particularly, it really demonstrates what we're talking about here today, about the need for the fullness, the need for both fruit and gifts, and the danger of comparison. Because as you compare your fruit, as you compare fruit, you, compare, you quench the kingdom. If you are a person that is all fruit and no gifts, there is more for you. But don't believe the lie that you are not walking in the Spirit and are somehow underqualified. You are not underqualified. And if you are someone who has experienced a lot of the gifts, that is so awesome. Don't forget to look for the fruit. Because the truth is, if you can grow both gifts and fruit, if both of these things could happen at the same time, or if they happen in our church amongst various people at the same time, then every Sunday that we gather, we will have a more full expression of the kingdom of God. Imagine some people showing incredible kindness or love, while others are gifted in praying for the sick and speaking into people's lives. That would be an amazing church experience. But you can't experience the fullness if you're always comparing. It's dangerous to compare your life with someone else's. This is, this is even the case within our own family. Jeff gets more spiritual dreams than I do. He has seen and experienced incredible miracles take place throughout his life, not just in Peru. I've never seen someone's legs get healed in my life. That doesn't mean I don't pray for a miraculous healing. I'm always going to pray for healing for those around me, hoping for a miracle to take place. I prayed for many of you in this room today for a miracle, and I'm going to continue to pray for those things to take place. But to say that the kingdom of God isn't alive and active in my life would be complete nonsense. I will always pray for the kingdom to come in your life and mine, but I can't control how God shows up. Sometimes it's with empathy, sometimes joy, sometimes with forgiveness. I'm on this journey of really trusting however God shows up is good, that whether it's gifts or whether it is fruit. Mirabelle from Encanto, she was high in fruit and low in gifts, but so what? She saved her family. Mother Teresa didn't have a lot of gifts in her ministry, and she was incredibly fruitful. I've sat down and talked to so many people who have disqualified themselves from kingdom ministry because they view kingdom ministry as only signs and wonders. This is it. They've compared their prayers to others, feeling inadequate or not holy enough. 
But remember, when you compare fruit, you quench the kingdom. Take caution to not fall into the comparison trap. As I close, my hope is that you become more aware of kingdom activity in your lives. That you become aware of the fullness of the kingdom of God at work in your lives. Much of our lives are lived in the mundane, like washing dishes, cooking, working, raising kids, or loving your spouse. And if you have eyes to see, if you have eyes to see, these can all be moments to experience the fullness of the kingdom. You won't always have an opportunity to pray for the sick or offer a prophetic word, but you can always grow in love. You can always grow in patience. You can always grow in self-control. And because of that, you can always see the kingdom of God at work in your lives. The kingdom of God is at hand in those moments. The kingdom of God goes with you wherever you are. As you grow fruit, you grow the kingdom. A final quote from Mother Teresa. Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face. Kindness in your eyes. Kindness in your smile. Sometimes people will remember what you've done for them but they will always remember how you've made them feel. So let's celebrate all the ways the kingdom is moving in the gifts and also in the fruit, because this is the fullness of the kingdom of God. Let's pray.